Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the long and the short of it. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex, from acidity to Symphondel. Welcome to Wine, the long and the short of it. My name is Antonia Dominguez, the long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the short. Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine. Right, so this episode is all about wine tasting etiquette, Linda. Etiquette, the do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts if you are fortunate enough to go to tastings, whether that be as a consumer, whether that be in the trade, mm-hmm. whether it's like a masterclass you're going to or you've signed up for tasting in your local independent. Um, you know. I've just thought of something really funny to add in. I'm well, sorry, I didn't even think about this. I'm adding something. Okay, in. you can Making do your little notes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the do's and don'ts, you know, how to taste a wine properly, like your WSET style and also how to do sort of on the on the fly. You know, you have to come to uh, a decision quick or you have to do a shorthand evaluation of a wine or decide what you like, and what you don't like. Why are you looking at me funny? This is if people are actually going to a wine, a proper wine tasting. Yeah, but also. Rather than a consumer wine fair or something, yeah. Yeah, but also if you are at a wine fair and you kind of want to recall what you like, what you what you don't like, you know, mm-hmm. what's the best way of doing that? So with that in mind, and now we're in a season, sort of autumn time where there are a lot of wine I'm tastings. I'm shaking my head a lot. There There's are so many wine tastings that yeah, happen I mean, right now. Tons it's, of them. So we're really in the thick of it now. And this is, this is really oh, our... such a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> this is the do's and don'ts of going to any class of a wine tasting. Right, Linda? Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of them. I don't know oh, about really? you. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you want to look that. at the don'ts? Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Okay, so I'm going to say, um, where to begin? Where to begin? Don't wear <laughs> do a strong Do you know what perfume. just came into my head? Sideways, the movie. You know, when they're going around the wineries. Don't pick up the spittoon and swallow it. <laughs> don't pick up, pick, don't pick up the spittoon with all the slops and drink it. <laughs> or throw it over yourself. Yeah. And don't wear yourself. white if you're going to do that. In. <laughs> yeah. And don't put the glass on the, on the table and say, fill her up. <laughs> the way Miles does. Um, no, one thing for me, me would be sort of, oh yeah, hit me. <laughs> would be... <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to be like a fun episode, yeah. I think. Oh, well, just, I'm just thinking of all the head melting things that happen at tasting. So I would say don't hog the table. Ah, uh, yeah. But if the, the winemaker or whatever is hot behind the table, a lot of people just gather and flock no, around. But you them. know, you know, this kind of, yeah, but you know, you're kind of behind a bunch of people and you're yeah, like, move out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like take 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 you know, your bit, have a little chit chat. The winemaker or question, whoever it is move on. is there to pour as many samples as or they can. Or if you're like there with your colleague or your friend and you're having the, the chats and you're talking about the wine and you're right there in front, you know, set like blocking the table from the rest of the people who want to taste the wine. That would be one for me. Now hold on. Are you talking about consumer things or trade? Because at trade you would think that people would know the etiquette a little bit better, but some don't. Both. Both. I've been to, you know, you know, we had wine festivals here as well that are cons- for consumers. Yeah. So both. Um, yeah, we, th- we give you a naughty and nice list. How to be nice at wine tastings. And if you're naughty, this is what, you know, 
if you're on this list, you do this. God, you're you taking this to a whole other I level. Know. Right. <laughs> Go on. Um, and don't hog the spittoon. Don't be hanging around the spittoon. what? Oh no, come on. No, again, consumers haven't a clue what a spittoon is. Okay, go on, explain it. So a spittoon is these boxes that are (laughs) located sporadically around the room for consumer tastings so that you don't get drunk, basically. For, for, you know, trade tastings for our job and work, they are literally, there can't be enough of them because if we've, we're tasting wine, we're tasting hundreds of wines at portfolio tastings. You want to have a... (laughs) taste taste and spit it out and move on to the next one Can I just say yeah the first one of the first trade tastings I went to was you I remember watching you and you, I saw you because you were sorry to be a bit vulgar now you were spitting into the spittoon but you were literally about like three meters away from the spittoon and you managed to aim from one side of the room to, to the spittoon it was like a spout yeah, I remember. But again, I learned that trick from Master of Wine, Martin Moran. Right. That's have you ever seen him in action? No, go on. He spits from this end of the room to the other. Should no, he be naming names? Seriously. Yeah, no, because he's so proud of this. He says he practices in the shower as well. <laughs> anyway, Martin, we love you. Um, so that's his party piece. But you remember we were at a trade tasting. I have to say this. There's a few things that are coming to mind. Go I'm on, laughing yeah. my head off. We were at a, a portfolio tasting. I can't remember. That's not a good sign if you can't remember as <laughs> it was. But somebody was spitting into this spittoon and their glasses went into the box. Do you remember they're, that? They're, they're, they're kind they're of sun- side. They're, they're, they're sunglasses. They're, they're reading glasses. glasses were on their head and they went in. Do you not remember that? <laughs> I do. I actually do. Oh God. That was so funny. That is not so one you spittoon, want to fish out. No. Do you remember they had to get the staff over? I think it was in oh, the yeah. Westbury, I, wasn't it? It was in the Westbury. Oh, so funny. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, do's and don'ts. Don't do that. Um, so spittoons are basically buckets. They could be little plastic black containers that you don't see into uh, or white, you know, boxes that you can have a straw at the bottom that you actually spit the wine or if you don't like it you dump the wine into so you don't get drunk you're poured little measures at all of these things because they want you to sample and taste as many wines as possible um, and like that's we you know if someone poured you a glass at a, a tray tasting you'd be like eh, hold on like you've loads more to get through so spittoons are something that is used as necessary for both consumer and trade to get you to go through the room and taste as many wines as possible. So do use them. Don't get drunk. That's a no-no. Yeah. It's a total no-no. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about wine tastings are an opportunity to taste wines and see if do you, what do you wines. like, what do you not like. There's yeah. no way you could be drinking all the wines that you taste. Like. But so many people do. Well, yeah. Barg list. Wanted. Mm. Don't come again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Don't um, wear, don't wear white, wear a dark color because if you true. accidentally spit on yourself or spill something around like that. So I yeah, would just say, I know true. it's so silly, no, but it's, true. it's, it's true. like if you went to a, a trade tasting, yep. you have dribbles all over you, which it's never pleasant. No, don't wear strong perfumes or aftershaves. Like honestly, because it's just going to ruin it for your own tasting and for the, the person's don't tasting. Don't take unnecessary journeys. <laughs> People outside of Ireland will not understand that. Go on, you know, you have to explain it. So what's her name? Teresa Manion. Oh, Teresa. You always say that. When we had a big storm, she's, don't take on necessary She's our weather person. And we'll, we'll, again, Mm. very funny. So yeah, don't, um, don't do that. Don't wear strong perfumes. I mean, there is so many trade people who do that. Why should you not? 
Oh, because it'll totally overpower the aromas and flavors in the glass that you're tasting. So, and and for the other person too. So you're you're not going to get the full expression of the wine. Mm-hmm. And tell me this: I went. Uh, what's your? This is complete tangent. No, sorry, I'm yeah. not saying don't put a bit of deodorant on you before you go out the door because nobody wants those kind of odors hanging around either. Do wear deodorant. <laughs> Personal hygiene. Have do a shower. Be hygienic. <laughs> um, uh, perfume, right? Yeah. I I used to own so many different perfumes, and now I own one because I never got to wear them because work is constantly going to tastings. Do you own a nice perfume? I am. Well, I, I Have think you most people are. Scent? Yeah, most people are true to one perfume. No, loyal to one. So I've all. I've, yeah. Come Mine on. What's your scent? Angel. Because I'm such an angel. Uh, Terry Mulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Moogler. Yeah. I love the clothes that he designs, but I don't really know the scent. Yeah, that's huh. me. Um, I've got Tiffany's. Oh. Uh, Tiffany, yeah. I only bought it recently because I threw out all of my perfumes because I never got to wear them. Kawaii. So you do not wear perfume. Strong aftershave. Or go into a wine tasting with coffee. Oh, yeah. Or a cheese, a smelly cheese or anything like that. Well, uh-huh. even if, you dr- if you're drinking coffee right before tasting, it's kind of going to wreck your palate in advance, you know. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's, it's too, you know, the, the tannin and the, 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 you know, the strong flavours of it won't be the best for the palate. Or in brushing your teeth. Just yeah. Brushing your teeth. All of those things. Exactly. Have an old water biscuit or a little bit of... Um, mm. Yeah. Bread, breadsticks or something like that and beforehand. nibbles and to those people who are exhibiting at trade fairs or wine fairs or presenting wines or tastings like have some nibbles for your, everybody your, trade yeah, your attendees consumers. because it's really hard to get through so many wines without having something to nibble on definitely that's yeah. a huge shout out be it anything so again I remember being at a tasting where they had a massive um, wheel of parmesan cheese yeah. And people just went up, helped themselves to bread, crackers, olive oil and a big thing of cheese. Simple. Perfect. It doesn't have to be a four Gourmet. course meal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then again, um, the ham's been sliced and a bit of, you know, just make it, you need something that, okay, there probably isn't enough consumer events in Ireland. Yeah. To draw people in. Good I'm ones. thinking of mm. like wine fairs. There's the odd consumer tasting, but a lot of... Um, Wine importers think that they're a bit of a hassle because people get drunk. Yeah. So they don't want a free for all. So they set, tend to have like a dinner. Yeah. Don't they? And um, that's yeah. a great way of trying mm-hmm. and hearing stories about the wineries and things like that. So I would totally recommend people trying wine dinners. Yeah. Wine dinners are great. Your The events that the Dio of Ruena and Ria Spices have been doing are always accompanied with food. And that's what 100%. I love about the Spanish um, re- wine regions is that they I mean they don't know how to consume wine any other way except exactly. with, there's always a tap, tap on the table and that's what the wine is made for is to be paired with food so I mean I have to say hats off the food that is and the tapas and the nibbles that are served at those wine events and those are for consumers as well as for trade yes are brilliant but they they need food I mean can, like it's it's challenging it's yeah. really challenging I know it's our job and it's our work and it's amazing you know tasting wines all the time but mm-hmm. it's hard work the acidity and all of that and the yeah. tannins yeah. and you leave and your your tongue is black yeah. and you look like yeah. you've had a few but you're actually just tasting stuff well another do for me would be like if you're going into a situation where you have sparkling you have some whites you have reds oh, yeah. and they're all spread out in different ways I have to say I go around the room I always start with the sparkling and then I go around the room doing my whites 
and and then I go back around the room to do the reds because like it's uh, it's hard to, to to really appreciate a white after you've had a couple of big reds and yeah so and then anything to do with sweets or dessert wines leave to the end. Um, I suppose or fortified people wouldn't know how long to give that kind of thing. They want to try everything, or some people might go, "I only like whites, and I just want to go and hit yeah, that." Fair enough. Yeah. But I would say take that opportunity. Do take that opportunity to say, right, I don't normally drink reds. Yeah. There's 50 reds open here. Let me go and hit some of these. And again, lighter style start if you're new to reds. So Pinot Noir, Gamay, Fleury, things yeah. like Zeigelt from Austria. Start with these lighter styles and move up. And another, don't. Don't look at the brochure and go for the most expensive wine. Oh, stop, I know. Because you have to say, say for example, that it's a Grand Reserva Rioja, right? Go and taste the levels beforehand and see which yeah. one is your preferred. Because so many people go to Grand Reserva, the expensive one on the list, and say, or, you know, a Chablis Premier Cru or whatever, and they yeah. say... I don't know if I like that. And you're like, hold on a second, work your way up. If you've never bought that, drank that, it's a stepping stone wine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was only thinking today, literally today we were having this conversation because we were talking about the O'Brien's Wine Festival that we held earlier this year. And we had everything from, you know, like every region was covered, every kind of price point was covered. And there was a whole sparkling wine section. And like people, some people, not everybody, some people came in and went straight for the Bolly. Bollinger's there, don't care about anything else, you know, or like they, if they had a certain, you know. And just uh, like Bordeaux, you know, Fizal. And they were going, and even at the end, there were people hanging out going, what's that? And they were just looking for another glass and not really appreciating the fact that it was really premium fine wine and just look, you know. And you and can't go, on the other side of the table. And you're missing out as well on lots of other styles of wine and, and, and price points. Like be realistic. You're looking for wines that you can buy. Yeah. And bring home, you know, that's what you're there for is to scope out wines that you might and you're not going to be buying bottles of Bollinger every day, do you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're you, Linda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bollinger in the fridge all, re- all year round, Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like imagine the person on the other side of the table though. Yeah, as well. And you're yeah. managing people mm-hmm. coming up to you. Like I've done that lots of times. You've done that lots oh, of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. And... It's lots of fun, folks. It's oh lots God. of fun. I know I, we sound like soul like destroying. Being... No, but it's soul destroying when you have people coming up. Ah, oh, can I have a glass of that? <laughs> you can have a taste of that yeah. and then drive on. I know we're not trying to be mean, so we're not. But we're just trying to show you the etiquette of how to. Do you know what? And what you could do is, if you say, "Oh, can I have a taste of that?" and was there anything at the table you'd recommend? If you say that to the person behind the table. Oh my God, they're going to be your new best friend. Mm-hmm. And you say, so I've been often to the side and say, do you know what? I'd start here if I were you and maybe work your way up and try these. Or I'd say to someone, how long have you got? Have you got a few minutes? Because I'd love to talk you through the stepping stone range of these wines, et cetera, et cetera. And here's my personal favorite because, and you get to tell them the story. So, I mean, when you get to engage with a consumer, or if you're working at an event and you're trying to sell the wine to an actual restaurant or someone who may may uh, buy it. I mean, it's so important to kind of get their attention and get them to open up to exploring something that they may not have before. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. the key. That's like, the whole point. And we all don't like the same thing. So just because you like something 
And what I, I love to do is read the person and go, okay, they don't like this. So try this. This is one of my favorite. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. What is it that you don't like about this? Yeah. And they say, oh, it's too fruity. Okay. Would you prefer something that is a bit more complex? Yeah. And you move them along. So you, you don't just go here, taste 50 wines here. You move them along. Yeah. But now you're talking from the other side. Like, yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. But like, again. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And can I just throw in a few things here? If you're an importer and you don't have a wine available, just mark a space in the thing and say wine 50 unavailable. Don't uh, have us looking for wine 50 that isn't there. Just as on the table, like a, a blank space on a table. What do you mean? So if they've got w- tables of, oh yeah. Yeah, I get that. Sorry. But why? What, 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 sorry, what are you getting at is what I'm trying to say. Um, What's happened to you? You look scarred. I just remembered. I wanted to say that have the table numbers displayed high. Now, I am short. We know that. We know this. (laughs) Yet, I shouldn't be looking for numbers of tables. So if you've got a room that's left to right or whatever it may be, or displayed, some wines are in the middle. Tables are in the middle. You want it to be easy okay, for people to go, go to. the gap in the table. What's wrong with that? Well, you? that's if, if they're out of stock of a particular wine yeah. or it didn't arrive on the day. Just have a little note. Well, what would people normally do? They just, people are looking for it and they don't have, okay, say that right. it's there. It's I can not a big see deal. that you're talking from the perspective yeah, of someone has had to participate from the other side yeah. and your frustrations are starting to come out. The main thing is food. Make sure there's food. <laughs> for everyone. Um, <laughs> Okay, any more do's and don'ts because I have another point to make now. Go on for the moment. Well, what, I, what I'd what i like to suggest is that everybody have a system in terms of, um, it's really hard when you go into a room and there's like dozens and dozens of wines. Like, how are you going to make a note as to what is floating your boat, what you like, you know, what you would buy or or what you're really not into and how do you assess kind of you know, how do you quickly assess the wine, I suppose? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this differs for consumers and, and, and you know, trade. I mean, it's enough to say maybe, like say, like two ticks means I absolutely love the wine. It's, a, it's amazing. Love or it's, I love art, yeah, or it's <laughs> a, a special occasion wine. One tick might be, you know, this is like, I really like this and this is a good, you know, weekday wine or whatever. Um, and then maybe an X, like you're not into it at all. Um, I remember talking to one very well-known wine journalist, who has his own system and he and he, he said to me, I oh, say yeah, like, yeah, yeah. GB GBNG, which is, you know, great but not good, which is, you know, it's average, middling, middling. Great but not good. Yeah, great but not good, he said, GBNG. And then another one he has, and I won't say what this means, is F, <laughs> FM, <laughs> which um, we won't say what it's, it's kind of like a flip me, that's good. <laughs> So that means like that's his that's his way of saying like this is amazing this needs a shout out kind of thing. I I put a heart and say oh yeah do you yeah put your oh god oh, oh yeah. yeah I do do you yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> or it's just you see sometimes Antonia if we're at these trade tastings and the winemaker might might be in front of you and you're like politely writing notes and yeah. you know and you don't like it. You have to continue to write something and yeah. it's it's quite difficult. I mean, the one thing I'd say is don't be rude to people. If you don't like something, move on. Just say, oh, thanks for your time and move on. There's nothing worse than people being rude. Yeah. I know I sound like an absolute no, narc I'm just, here. Like. No, what I was thinking is I like 
I like to taste alone without people kind of talking at me and and talking to me the whole time. So what I would suggest for people who are showing their wines is, you know, don't don't, give them a minute, give them time to taste and assess and don't be sort of in their face going, what do you think, what do you think? And this and that, like definitely give them information, give them background information, give them winemaking information. If they appear interested. If, well, you know, if it's relevant and if it's, you know, it's going to help that person understand the wine that they're tasting. But like, don't be, you know, don't be too in your face. Like Mm -hmm. a person, like they're going to decide if they like it or if they don't, whether you're in their, their face or not, you know. So just equip them. You know, and then let them at it. So again, this is not for consumers. This is wine trade where they do silent errors. Yeah. I so love basically errors. you can yeah. go in in advance of the crowds and you can taste wines at your leisure without anyone annoying you. Yeah. You can pour them yourself. You know, yep. no one's standing there pouring it for you. At consumer events, they, they need to pour them for yeah. these folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, believe you me, they do. And, um, you know, when you get the silent error, you know, it gives you time to go, right, make your quick notes and in and out if that's what you're doing. And you can always then, and QR codes are great to follow up with things. And I think people having, you know, competitions for consumers, again, I think is a brilliant way to get consumers engaged to to see what it is and get feedback. Antonia, people don't in the wine trade, they don't get feedback. That's true. To see what people liked, what they didn't. They just do the same thing. And for me, it's so boring you need something exciting you need something to draw you in I mean I'm I know I sound my time is precious I'm not being funny here but like I have loads of balls in the air at the moment I'm juggling so many things right and I do not have time to go to every single tasting there has to be a hook for me now consumers might be different they just wine tasting yeah but just O'Brien's they do it for charity and Mm. the charity of my choice is our cancer support who I have supported for the last 20 odd years yeah I'm doing their their walk and I'm going to their Christmas lunch and for for me someone who participates and then tries to get money for a charity is a huge thing and if they do a raffle you'll see huge support for something like that yeah. and it's not a money making thing it's it's more of a community thing yes. and trying to get people to be educated about wine for yes. me that's the point of doing any sort of wine fair and any sort of event and there's loads of things popping up all over the place and some of them are kind of higher end and some are you yeah. know just a wine dinner but if you're into wine, try and go to as many things as you can. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the only way. Like, it's the only way to to open your wine horizons, as we always say. Um, um, I yeah. have funny, so do you remember we both went to a Rioja uh, tasting a while ago? Uh, the uh, one with Tim Macken. Yeah. Yes. My crush. I mean, yeah. uh, Tim. <laughs> Not my crush since I saw him dancing. Are you actually saying <laughs> that live on the podcast? Tim, Sorry. we love you, but No, we do love you, but dancer. the moves need work. Oh my God. Moves like Jagger. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I know that was entertaining. Fair play yeah, to you, Tim. Fair play. We, yeah, because we have a video of Antonia doing some dancing, but she won't let me share and it. And Linda, but definitely not sharing either. Go on. What not to do after having a few After wine tasting. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I mentioned this before. Wine Walks with Tim. Now, yeah. This was at a big, huge wine fair in yeah, London. the London Wine Fair. And yeah. I think it, there's such um, scope for this and, and, and things that people need to be creative about if they're, they're hosting a wine tasting for consumers or trade to get them going. Have a hook. Have something that is different to bring people in, be it you know, something exciting. Yeah. I'm not going to give away all my secrets of things I'm doing, but, you know, you need a hook. And Tim, 
celebrity Tim is a hook. And we were like, oh, hi, Tim. <laughs> no, we weren't. You were. Uh, oh, you okay. mean, oh, sorry, I thought you meant in the London Wine Fair. At the London Wine Fair when he, yeah. he did the wine walks and we walked around to different unexplored, lesser known grapes and things like that. So I think that that's a brilliant, like masterclasses, mm, breakout masterclasses rooms, all of these kind yeah. of things to just help yeah. people. Now, as, a, as <sighs> the lady who won the George um, O'Malley Cup for your best tasting paper in the country for your WSET diploma, what about giving people sort of, you know, the official take on how to approach tasting wine? Mm-hmm. Well, you need to taste and practice every day for the rest of your life. I know, I'm joking. Definitely so no, not no, no. PC or no, acceptable no, in any way. No, taste. I didn't say drink. I said taste, Antonia. <laughs> well, no. I? Well, most people can't do that, Linda. So Okay, so when I did my diploma in wine a few years ago, back in 2010, Jenny Mac, mm. um, we started a tasting group and I would highly recommend that people try and form their own little tasting groups and form little wine clubs. Okay. There's so many resources out there and I will help people. I have a little, you know, go-to guide. I do, Antonio, you're looking at me going, what do you do? I do. Uh, A go-to guide to help people start wine clubs. Okay. I won't be there, but if I'm in the area, I might pop in, you know, (laughs) I'm serious. Um, So anyway, there are loads of local little wine clubs that you can actually join. Okay. You need to be somewhat interested and committed to tasting wine. But um, so tasting those, tasting those. Okay. How to, how to, you know. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Linda. Okay, stop going on tangents. Right. So basically, my my tips would be, um, how to taste wine. But I would say first of all, which is not what you're expecting me to say, is like look at the appearance. I know that's what you want me to get into, right? That's not what I'm saying right now. Taste <laughs> fruit. Yes. Okay. Not just fruit. Hold on. Okay. Taste apples. Right. If I say apple, what's that mean to you, Antonia? Well, there can be green apple, it can be golden apple, it can be red apple, it can be dried apple, it can be fresh apple. Love it. Now, obviously, you're in wine because you're able to go that whole profile of of apple. Mm -hmm. So I do that all the time with people. I say, you know, think of an apple and some people go, oh, yeah, green Granny Smith, like the only thing you can have. And I'm like, okay, describe how that tastes. And it's like sharp, sour, tart. They don't really know the words. And then I'm like, okay, a bruised, you know, one that's been in the bottom of your school bag and it's bashed (laughs) around and you're like, okay, that tastes totally ripe and sweet and different, you know. And brown, it tastes brown. So taste the flavors, figure out what those flavors mean to you in your own head and write them down and figure out the styles and things that work for you. So whether you like something that's mellow or high acidity, that you want your mouth watering, that you have another glass or minerality, we're not allowed to say that word, mm-hmm. but we are. find these things, whether it's fresh, mellow, creamy, textured mm-hmm. or citrusy fruit find the words and flavors that work for you in your life but Mm -hmm. remember that your palate what was the first drink that you ever drank when you were drinking alcohol sherry cream sherry oh just it's the truth and the reason for it when you were out drinking on the streets no i wasn't drinking on the the local disco no no i know that look it is no but this is to to your point this is to your point so hold on a second right my father travelled to Spain <laughs> when we were li- living in Ireland. He was going back to Spain a lot for, for work trips, right? And this is, I, I've said this before, this is before the days of Ryanair where you had to, you know, 
where you had to like check in, like basically sell your left kidney to check in a bag <laughs> or whatever. And so he used to bring back and um, we had a tiny little barrel cask in the house and he used to bring, bring back these drums of sherry from Hedeth or from Spain, wherever he was, in, in, but usually Hedeth. And he, it was usually a cream sherry. And like, I know I'm, I'm not like proud of this, but like when I was younger, like 11, 12, we were allowed to have a little glass before our roast dinner on a Sunday because he always said it would improve our appetite. <laughs> this is the truth. So, but it was sweet style. And it, that was kind of in line with, you know. Alcohol pops that well, Bacardi breezes that the no, rest of us were drinking. What I mean is that most people get into wine through a sweet yeah. style or fruity style. And that's where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You start off with the sweeter styles, don't you? Like yep. people will say Leafrimage, they'll say blue Matthews Rosé, yeah, Blue yeah. Nun, all of those sweeter styles. And you develop, usually it's white to red, you know, isn't it? Yeah. To more finer wines that have more savoury notes as they age and things like that. But look, this is a whole topic again. I, I mean, I could talk about, you know, how to get into tasting wine, but really set up for success is you need to have a decent glass, good lighting, you judge the wine on its appearance, you stick your nose in, see what aromas you're getting, whether they're primary fruit, secondary or tertiary. So, I mean, basically primary fruit is the fruits that we've mentioned, like apples and fresh strawberries and things like that. Tertiary or sorry, secondary fruits then. Go on, you tell me. Secondary what? Fruits in a wine. Secondary fruits? What do you mean? <laughs> secondary flavours? So- <laughs> Secondary flavors. Secondary flavors. So you're going into like sort of your your anything to do with the wine making. The wine making. Yeah. So it can be brioche, toast, butter. It can be you know biscuit, so, oat biscuit. Kind of it can be vanilla. It can be coconut. It can be clove. It can be sweet spice from the oak. It can be so they're from the, the wine influence elevage. Oh, what we call elevage when you're elevating the wine you are introducing another layer of flavours and those are your secondary flavours. And sometimes it can be dried fruit and, you know, raisins As and dates and, and so on. Yeah. And then you have another layer, which is your tertiary, Linda, right? This is it, where you've got more savoury notes, earth and all these more complex that comes from bottle development yeah. or development after the wine this has is been the, made. As yeah. we said, the grand reserve that people jump into tasting mm-hmm. at a wine tasting and they're like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. There's no fruit left. It's fascinating. This, Tobacco, yeah. leather, mushroom, truffle, cigar mm, box. Mm, mm. Like, honestly, it goes on and on what you can pick up in a wine. That's why I love wine so much. It's going to be so layered and complex. It's so stepping stone wise, though. Do you know what I mean? Like going from your young, youthful wine. Yeah to these more complex layered wines. It's fascinating. Yeah. So you are saying what in terms of how to approach the wine tasting from your Are we talking about people going to tastings or do you want to No, I just think the average person goes, oh, you know the way you see them go kind of looking at the glass and smelling it and say, what are they doing? Okay. So first of all, you look at it for appearance to see if it's white or red. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay to see the age of it no so if it's a white wine if it's pale in colour usually means that it's youthful if it's deeper in colour it may be a particular grape or it may have spent some time in oak or is aged yep. okay red wine is you're also looking to see if it's clear clear and not hazy and not hazy if it's hazy it could be a natural wine exactly. that has been unfiltered okay we're getting into you see it's funny with WSET you don't really get into that kind of thing because they wouldn't give you that in an exam 
So this if is, it's clear or hazy, that's basic to WSED. Yeah, but it sh- they won't give you a hazy one in exam. Yes, that's right. Okay. okay. Anyway, so uh, then you are looking, red wine is the opposite. You go from purple, which is young, to ruby, which would be the most common, to garnet, which is your real reserva. Yeah. Okay, aged. So white gets deeper, red gets paler over time. Stick in your nose in. Now, the reason we're not being mean when we pour you sample t- size tastings of wine, okay? It's because when you stick your nose into usually the ISO tasting crystal glasses, it's to give you a tasting pour. If you stick your nose in, it's not going up your nose, <laughs> wetting your nose like a little doggy. Um, but that it's the perfect amount to sample and you swirl the glass too, or at least the aromas in it, okay? You stick your nose in and you should be getting the primary fruits. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, oh, this is a young wine because it has these particular fresh aromas. If it then goes on to the secondary things. Or floral. Or floral. Um, if it has secondary aromas like some buttery, creamy things, then you're going, okay, this has probably spent some time in oak. If then it's a garnet red wine and it has these savoury tobacco notes, right, this is an older wine. It has spent some time, possibly in oak, if it has some spices and all that, and it's aged. Yeah. Right. Great. What else do you want me to say? No, that's it. I mean, so I think how you, did I get so my then tasting you, So then you, you smell it and then you taste it. And then what are you looking for but in the, the taste? But, but the nose gives you so much, it does. doesn't it? It does. And the taste is just confirming whether the flavours are there, whether yeah. it's complex, the acidity. Yes, How? structural components is Com- what I wanted structure. you to talk about. Okay, thanks very much. Put Acidity, me back on track. tannin, tannin body. body, alcohol, yes. whether the wine is balanced. And yeah. that's what we're looking for from exactly. a good wine. Yeah. We want all components to be in harmony and then it's a good wine. A yep. good wine is a wine that you enjoy, full stop. Exactly. Yep. So more on this. No, I think, no, I think, I think, look, I think people are interested and fascinated by this because many times have we been somewhere tasting a wine with, with somebody who's perhaps not from the wine world and they say, God, are you really getting all those things? Are you really are getting they in honeysuckle? The, and are they getting, in the wine? You know, apricot peel and, you know, brioche and toast or whatever it might be. And, and so it's, it, you know, it's nice for people, you know, to spell it out sometimes and say how, how it works um, from a, from a, the perspective of someone who's just at a wine tasting, whether it's consumer or trade, and you're you're not able to sit down there and do like all these lovely complete notes. An X for a no or a heart for a yes will do it for me. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but I would say that, and this can apply to, you know, to anybody really, just you can you, write a few words that maybe capture the essence of the wine. So like straight away without overthinking it, because I think sometimes... WSET is fantastic. The Wine, wine and Spirits and Spirit Education. Education Trust. And that's the, the academic training that you get in wine. It's brilliant for, you know, the uh, systematic approach to tasting wine, as they call it. But like realistically, we, we don't apply that to tasting wines on a daily basis. And what can you do, like if you want to, you know, summarize the wine? And and this goes to like MW as well level. It's just like, you, you what what's the key, without overthinking it and having to do complete notes what's the key characteristics of the wine you know is it what's jumping out is it lean is it crisp is it green even if it's very like green apple granny smith is it complex is it vibrant is it lively is it juicy uh, is it fruity fruit forward 
uh, silky, like just a couple of wine, or sorry, words that will capture that wine. And and obviously the most important thing at the end of the day is, is a quality assessment that you make in a few seconds that is based on or should be based on, like is the wine balanced? Has it got sufficient flavor concentration or fruit concentration? If you're into your fruity wines, does it have like a nice long length or does something stick out? Like is the acidity very severe or aggressive? It, you know, does the alcohol stick out? Is the tannin very rough and not smooth or not well integrated? And also, and this is a big one for me in terms of like trade people coming up in the trade, um, if you're trying to rate a wine objectively, it's, it's not a matter whether you, you like think it. this wine yeah. is good or great for you. The question is whether it's a good or great example of its style. Mm-hmm. And and like I have plenty of friends who say, like there's one in particular that I'm thinking of who, who just, she loves her oaky whites, her, her rich and toasty oaky whites. And a person like that trying to, ob, you know, objectively, objectively evaluate yeah. or assess a wine is not going to be into something really, you know, crisp and lean, like, you know, like a Grun or Veltlin or like a mm-hmm. really dry Riesling or something. They might go, oh, God, that's rubbish. Mm-hmm. But it's not rubbish. It could be absolutely fantastic, an excellent example of a Riesling, of a dry, crisp, lean style of Riesling or a mm-hmm. mineral Riesling. It's not just just not rich and toasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy I'm on the board for NAFLA, National Off-Licence Gold Star Awards Blind Tasting Panel for the last 12 years. And... Um, I adore that. Um, I actually got into a bit of a Barney. You adore what? Doing blind tastings. Yeah. Completely not based on what I like. It's like the, the criteria at the end is conclusion. Yeah. Is it typical of its style? Yeah. Would it last a year from now? If a consumer picked it up, you know, would they expect to get this? And some of the wines were dire that were entered into it. Some of them were dire. And it was like, no, 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 no. Regardless of whether I like, there was something off balance. Mm-hmm. And again, we have the opportunity if we think it's faulty to ask for a second bottle to taste, which we did twice last, a couple wow. of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you give the, the wines an opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Um, but myself, and we have to have two people on a panel. We have to agree within a point of each other to get it through. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, it's based, it, our our kind of three top final wines are then tasted again and then put in order of gold, uh, silver and bronze medals. Mm-hmm. So it's a big competition yeah, in Ireland. Is, yeah. But we disagreed strongly on a, on two particular wines and couldn't put the third forward. So we actually got somebody else in to, to check them because we take it that seriously. Like, do you know that way? Like, so we had very personal opinions on the wines, but subjectively we were trying to say, right, which is the better yeah. Quality balanced wine. Objectively. Objectively. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Subjectively. Yeah. <laughs> objectively. Who am I? Okay. So. So that's it. Oh, so hopefully. And Antonio, I know yeah. you keep giving out to me when I keep promising these things to people, right? Yeah. But I actually have an amazing A to Z of acidity, tannin, all you the do. rest I've going to mm-hmm. A to Z of things to help consumers. So if you're on our email list, you will get that. And how you get onto our email list is our wine podcast at gmail.com yeah. and I'll send you a little link and you have to sign up for GDPR reasons but you will get that link to A to Z of wine terms that will help you. Excellent. Okay. Food and wine pairing that you had this week. I I'll, had a, go yeah. on you go ahead. Well I, I had, no, so you know I have to say I'm a bit of a fan of Rick Stein and we make one of his um, 
curries at home. It's not like your regular chicken curry. It's it's kind of like a drier curry. It's chicken and ape. It's called chicken and apricot. It's absolutely so layered. It's got like all the sin. I know, but it's delicious. And he does it with like straw potato chips. And like it's got ape. Chips with curry? Yeah. Okay. It Go works. It. Okay. Check it out. It's got, oh, it's just got, it's got cumin in it. It's got garlic, ginger, coriander, turmeric. It's just layers and layers of flavor. And it's kind of tricky, like all curries can be to pair with. But I had it with a, a delicious Gruner Veltliner, actually the Rabble Gruner Veltliner, which worked really well because, you know, Gruner has, like it wasn't seriously spicy, but Gruner has that peppery note and it's got that zestiness and it just mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Because it was more of a fruity style curry yeah, rather than hot can, spicy. Okay. Exactly. But Gruner okay. can, like it had some heat, but Gruner, I think it's semi-aromatic. It's not as okay. aromatic as some, you know, I know that typically a curry is kind of off dry Riesling territory or Viognier or Gewurz mm. or whatever, but this worked so okay, I'm just cool. giving it a shout out and Gruner I love anyway same yeah um, so I had a steak yep and I had it with Chateau Vincent oh yeah the Cahors um, the Cahors so Cahors is um, basically a region that has Malbec in France that people may or may not know but I had it um, I, I tried it out with my um, Thermomix caramelized onions in it Coke. that I did in half an hour it was Coke amazing now I have to say the caramelized onions would be better with a burger rather than the steak uh-huh. in all honesty but you I didn't just cook wanted the steak in the thermomix I did a sous vide and then I pan fried it afterwards so see was, well, you still have to do another step oh, uh, sorry, sorry <laughs> you're going to kill me <laughs> no I'm not well look seriously it's it's not a pan fryer like it's in everything okay. else it's um, in everything else Fair but enough. I did I tried it but the caramelised onions um, brought out this kind of obviously sweetness and the, the fruit and the malga, malbec was just so juicy and ripe it was oh. delicious and it worked gorgeous I love um, so malbec from France from Caro from that Rabbit. part of France is, is called cot C-O-T so if you see C-O-T but usually they label it with malbec and like that malbec and steak are just such a classic pairing mm-hmm. and, and actually I think cot or malbec from, from that part of France is a little bit more savoury as well I think like generally speaking a little bit like more tannic or something like that I don't know yeah. but I find it like more of a serious expression of Malbec and it works amazingly well with with steaks and meats oh, I think 100% yeah. agree we agree on something oh my god <laughs> miracles okay, on do that happen. note right so listen behave yourselves at wine tastings this season folks <laughs> do and don't <laughs> enjoy Cheers. so what do you think We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. Cheers. Cheers. You have been listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.